You're listening to episode 39 of Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. I'm the host and producer of this podcast as well as Widowcast and This Is Us podcast. And I'm the best-selling author of Widowed. This is about permanent weight loss through overcoming the urge to overeat. Once that urge is gone, you are naturally going to feed yourself exactly what your body needs, and your body's going to return to its best weight. So where has the weight coach been? If you're a regular listener of Weight Coach Podcast, you're probably aware that I stopped taking on new one-on-one weight coaching clients for some time now. I've been working a lot with widows and um, teaching a class to teach widows how to coach other widows kind of became my whole focus over the winter. And um, I'm back. (laughs) I've added a couple of episodes to Weight Coach and I would like to start podcasting this again as I go through the next 12 weeks. I've been hearing from so many of you with requests for weight coaching. Last week, I had a phone conversation with a listener who is struggling to keep dropping weight. She eats really healthy and very consciously, but continues to overeat, even on the good foods. She rarely ever gets on the scale because she finds it depressing and actually terrifying for her. Do you feel this way too? Her story so touched me that I wanted to take some time on the phone to help, even though I have not been taking on individual weight coaching clients. We talked about the scale, and we talked about how she's been doing since listening to the podcast, and she's taken off some significant weight. Then I got an email from her the next morning. After that one-hour conversation with some coaching, I coached her about the scale, trying to help her understand that it's just a gauge of our health. It means nothing about us when we get on the scale. I got an email from her saying, Thank you, Joanne. Today was the first time I stepped on the scale without fear. And I realized there is still this huge passion in my soul about coaching this and teaching what I know about weight loss. You know, I've struggled to take weight off so many times in my life only to have it come back on. And sometimes it would return gradually, right? When I was much younger and, you know, I would starve off 20 pounds (laughs) or 15 pounds to get my weight down. And then, of course, it would like eek back on again until I was a size up in clothing and I would uh, starve it off again. And after I had my daughter, that's basically what I did. My husband was stationed in Germany. I had flown myself over to Germany. We were living on the economy, meaning that I wasn't in military housing. I flew out there. I moved into a little village in the middle of the Black Forest. It was quite an experience. Um, And while I was pregnant, I put on some significant weight, right? And after having my daughter, when I decided I needed to get the weight back off again, by the time she was about six months old, maybe 
five months old, I was like ready. It's like, this has got to go. All my clothes hurt to put on <laughs> because there's too much weight. I'm still wearing maternity underwear. Um, and basically, I just hardly ate anything. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I could buy in Germany con little freezer containers of strawberries that they were frozen like in a ton of juice. And I would use the strawberry juice to make cream of wheat. So it's like strawberry flavored cream of wheat, which was wonderful. I ate that about once a day. And I don't know that I ate much else. <laughs> I spent a lot of time puttering around the apartment there in the little village with my new baby. But I did take the weight off. I remember uh, Kevin was gone on maneuvers, my first husband. He was gone out, to, out in the field for a few weeks. And when he came back, I there was a significant difference, like just in three weeks, because I had been starving myself to be able to button my waistbands again. And those are the days that it would stay down, but it would also creep back on. Unless I was going to the gym all the time. I discovered the gym after we came back to the States. I was still probably in my late 20s. And I joined a ladies gym and would go there every night after work and loved it. Loved the fitness classes, loved working out. And that helped keep my weight down because the more time I spent at the gym, the less time I was spending eating. <laughs> Which is the truth. That was the payoff. It's not like you can exercise off food. You can't exercise to lose weight. If you do, you're just going to destroy your body. Because if you eat an apple, it's going to take a lot of time on a treadmill just to walk off an apple. We're not even talking about four Oreos. So the calories in, calories out equation, which I know is one of the biggest myths in medical science. <laughs> and medical science knows this. Medicine has known for the last 70 years that calories in, calories out is false. But they still tell us, your family doctor will still say, oh, eat less, move more. And that's not how it works. But working out at the gym basically gave me so many other benefits other than act burning actual calories or losing weight. Of course, it toned up my body. It kept me from eating more because I would spend the first hour after work hour and a half at the gym, right? Working out. They had a great hot tub. <laughs> we would, all the ladies would go hang out in the hot tub for a while after working out and then go home. And it was later in the evening. I ate lighter food for dinner and didn't have the whole evening to come home and drink wine and nosh on things. So it cut back on what I was eating gave me so much more confidence and really helped things stay in balance in my body, just in a healthy balance. But the weight did slowly creep up. Then I joined Weight Watchers in my early 30s. When I lost the weight with Weight Watchers then, I took off almost 80 pounds and it came back on so fast that my muscles hurt. Literally, at the end of the day, I could feel my body ache 
from just pounding stuff back into my fat cells. I've shared my story here before about Weight Watchers and my relationship with Weight Watchers over the years. This was back in the 1980s, back in the days of food exchanges instead of counting points the way they do now. And I had an amazing leader at that Weight Watchers, Claudine Fletcher. When I went into my first Weight Watchers meeting, well, first of all, I sat outside that meeting in my car for the longest time. It felt like an eternity. It was probably only five minutes, but I was doing the mental struggle because I didn't even want to get out of my car and go in. It felt to me like, oh, it's all going to be old women discussing the best comet to scrub their sinks out with. That was my impression. I had gone to a Weight Watchers when I was a teenager. And so, of course, to me, because I was a teenager, they were all old women in there. And, oh, God, I don't even know if it was food exchanges then. I barely remember it. But what I do remember was they recommended that I poach chicken breast in diet cherry cola to make like a cherries jubilee chicken thing. Oh, my God. Talk about the nastiest thing on the planet. They were all, the ladies were all into it. It was like sweet cherry flavored chicken. <laughs> okay, that you, they were doing this to lose weight. It was, to me, it was one of, it was nasty because I grew up eating pretty clean food. My mom um, always cooked at home. We did not go out for fast food ever in my family. It was very traditional and there was always a meat, a vegetable and mashed potatoes every night. Um, so to me, this chicken breast poached in diet cherry soda was disgusting. So when I was ready, or I thought I was ready, I felt I had to do something. And I sat outside the doors of this Weight Watcher place when I lived in California, thinking they're all going to be talking about cleaning products, and I'm just so not interested. But I finally mustered up the courage to walk through those doors, get weighed in, and sit through a meeting. Well, it turned out this meeting was like magic. This woman that was the leader was telling motivational stories, not, not just about losing weight, but about taking a swing at life. Wow, she was incredible. And the room was packed. It was like the biggest Weight Watcher meeting I had ever seen in my life. And to this day, I had never gone into a meeting like Claudine's again. There had to have been 200 people in that room. I kid you not. Most Weight Watcher meetings are 15 to 20 people, right? So um, I sat through this first meeting just transfixed. And at the end of the meeting, I had to sit down with the leader. She was giving me my materials and going to explain to me how the program worked. And I said something to her and she said, oh, honey, you need to look at me when you speak because I'm deaf. And I was floored. I was just floored. This woman was stone deaf and she just led a meeting for an hour and spoke, interacted with the audience. I had no clue that she was deaf. She read lips. So that was my introduction to Claudine Fletcher. 
I did so well with Weight Watchers at that time because of Claudine's meetings. She was just so uplifting about everything. She did not necessarily follow what Weight Watchers was telling her to talk about. But the truth is, and brace yourself, people, Weight Watchers is a business. And really what they're interested in is making money, okay? <laughs> Big wake-up call. They're not doing all of this out of the goodness of their heart. So even though this woman would not speak about the topics that, that were on the list for the leaders to speak about each week, they were not going to stop her because she was bringing in 200 to 250 people into every one of her meetings, right? It was good for the books. So she would come in and she would open the meeting saying things like, um, is there anyone in here that doesn't know what it means when I say to eat right? Raise your hand. No one? You all know what it means to eat right. Okay, great, because that's what Weight Watchers wanted me to talk to you for a whole hour about tonight. But you all know what I mean when I say eat right, so eat right. Now we're going to talk about what I want to talk about. I loved her. I loved Claudine. She was such an inspiration. Now, the amazing thing is, during that journey of taking off weight, I remember walking in to a, to a weigh-in, and I had on an outfit that I loved. I bought it. It was a much smaller size, of course. It was a white skirt with a fuchsia, little fuchsia jacket, and I had fuchsia heels to match. I was hot, right? And I went in for my weigh-in. And um, I weighed in at 143, okay, and Claudine stopped me as I came out of the weigh-in and said, I think we stop you here. You look fantastic. And I thought she was out of her mind. Like, no, 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 the height weight chart for Weight Watchers said my goal weight was 126 pounds. That's where I was headed. Why did she ever think I would want to stop at 143 pounds when 126 was my goal weight? So, you know, I she didn't try to push it with me when I said, no, no, this is, you know, 126 is my goal. Why would I stop before goal? And, and she tried to explain to me because I think your body is right now at 143. And I said, no, 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 no. I was determined and I got down to... 126. I was exercising at home. I was power walking five miles each night. I was eat, sticking to my Weight Watcher exchanges like a crazy woman. I have to tell you guys, I so white knuckled this. I made my family crazy. My husband, my daughter, I think my daughter was like in about fifth grade then, to the point that they knew if there was one Weight Watcher dessert left in the freezer, if they ate that, there could be murder in our house. There could be a homicide that night. If I came home and I was going to eat my exchanges for dinner and I had saved the proper exchanges all day so I could have that little tiny, it was like two inch square by two inch square, half inch high Weight Watcher dessert after dinner. And if I went to the freezer and that dessert wasn't there, for me to use those exchanges that I saved all day, I was crazy. I was incensed. I can remember when my poor husband, like one or two times, succumbed to the temptation of my Weight Watcher desserts. 
And I would be pissed, like, how could you do this to me? End of the world time, right? I absolutely white-knuckled it. And I mean it. I was so clamped down on myself, so rigid about my exercising, my power walk. Nothing was getting in the way of that stuff. My exchanges, yes. I hit 126. I weighed 126, I was a size 4. In some clothes, I needed a size 2 because the 4 was too big. Now, this is in the 1980s, before vanity sizing, before they made all the sizes bigger. And size 2s were hard to find, and there was no such thing as a 1 or a 0 or a 0, zero like there is now, you know, those little teeny tiny sizes. Size 2 was the teeniest you were going to find. And I'm talking a size 2 petite because I'm only five foot two. So I always wore petite sizes, which are also cut a little smaller as well as shorter. So the proportions are right. So there I was at goal. Everybody in the meeting was totally in awe. There were people in the meeting that had no idea how much I lost. They thought I was just this naturally thin athletic person coming in there. And why is she here at Weight Watchers? So when I hit goal and I got to stand up in front of the group and talk, and Claudine said, tell them what you've lost. And I said, well, you know, I, I dropped a few pounds before I came. She said, well, tell them all of it. What have you lost? And I think it was like 76 pounds, it's almost 80 pounds. And when I said it, I heard the whole room go, oh. <laughs> it was the last thing they expected, this tiny person in front of them. They had not seen before pictures of me yet. Now, here's the interesting thing. Let me share this with you. When Claudine tried to stop me at 143 pounds, she was dead on accurate because I did not, I did not wear a size four when I started junior high. Okay. I think it was extremely active. We lived about three miles from the high school in Concord, California. So I used to walk to school and back. So that's six miles a day of walking right there. I didn't think about it then. It was really cool. I would like walk to my friend's house. Her house was on the way. We would meet up. We would finish walking to school, talking. It was fun. My high school was like a small college campus. There were I don't know how many buildings, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were buildings all spread out so that between classes you were running from building to building. If you were going from math class to English class, you had to go downstairs in the academic building, out the doors, across the campus to the English building for your English class. So there were a lot of steps during the day. I was also taking dance class. My whole high school curriculum was drama, drama X, cinematography, dance, choir. <laughs> I was a California student and just totally doing the arts. So I was practicing for plays after school. I, was, I had my dance class. We would do performances so that I was practicing jazz dance constantly. In other words, I, at the age of 16, I was so physically fit, it's crazy. So healthy, it's crazy. And guess what I weighed at 16 years old? 143 pounds. Now, Claudine didn't know this. She just looked at me in my clothes and said, 
I think you should stop losing weight now. You look right. She could see that. But my brain was totally Weight Watchers brainwashed and said, no, no, 126 is my target weight according to the height weight chart. Not with 143 isn't anywhere near five foot two, right? So I went all the way down to 126 into a size four, sometimes a size two. We went out, we celebrated, it was awesome. I was the littlest I had ever been in my life. Probably was born with a bigger waistline. I was wearing necklaces as belts. My daughter still talks about that. <laughs> so, but the point is, the weight started coming back on immediately. I think I stayed at my goal weight maybe for 24 hours. Um, and it came back on so fast, as I said, it would, I could feel it in my shoulders at night. It would hurt that the weight was coming on so fast. And it wasn't just the physiology of having the weight come back on just that fast. It was mental anguish because it felt like a runaway train that I could not stop. I could not stop. And I was so humiliated. All these people who celebrated how tiny and healthy I had become. And now here it was all jumping back on my body. And I was going up in dress sizes damn near weekly, it seemed. Right? It was mentally excruciating to go through that. And from that time on, every time I dropped weight, it came back just that fast just that fast. By the way, as a side note, Claudine and I reconnected again after I moved to New York. She was still in California, found her quality journey page on the internet, and we started emailing. And we, we developed a bond and friendship over the years with those emails that was just, it was incredible. I loved Claudine to death. She had been uh, diagnosed with a terminal illness and given two years to live. And I told her, I don't have any connection with your family and friends out there. I'm totally open. I can hold space for you. You can write and tell me anything you want to say that you can't say to them. And she did. And we had some great conversations. And then she went on to live like, I don't know, another 20 years. She used to send us apologies in our Christmas cards saying, I know that I made you all come out here for my funeral and, and you eulogized me and we had a blast um, and I was supposed to die and I'm still here and that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> I love it. I mentioned this because just this year Claudine passed away peacefully with her family. She was up there in years and um, Godspeed to her. What an inspiration in my life. She, by the way, left Weight Watchers. She, um, she quit shortly after I took off the weight. And when I connected with her later, she said the reason she quit was she could no longer watch people come in those doors with weight problems and leave with an eating disorder. And she was so right about that because I was definitely eating disordered by the time I hit goal weight with Weight Watchers, uh, you know, with those exchanges. So 
that's kind of my story of up and down weight. Of course, there's a lot more to it and a lot more examples. It's crazy craziness. Um, one of my stories about my weight is the fact that my mom weighed about 400 pounds at a time in this country when there were not that many obese people, right? In the 1960s, there were not, there just were not that many obese people. And my mom looked like the fat lady in the circus. And that really um, affected me a lot as a little kid. Also, I, all the women in my family tended to put on weight pretty easily. So I had this story about the fact that all the women in my family were heavy. And look at what I, the genetics that I was fighting against. To me, my whole life has been about, I don't want to be 400 pounds like my mom. Crazy. And it's a crazy story. And it's not true. I don't think it's true because I look at my older brother. He's 10 years older than I am. He's also about 10 times taller than I am. Um, and Bob and I look alike. We look more alike than anybody else in the family looks like me. And it occurs to me that even though he's, he's was like over six feet tall and I'm only five two, that Bob was always a string bean. So why didn't, why can't I believe I have those genetics? Maybe I'm meant to be a, a really athletic string bean, but my whole life, that's not what I was telling myself, right? I was told I was an athletic string bean when I lost all that weight with Weight Watchers. That blew my mind. I was in a store looking at clothes and you know how when you're between the racks, you might just start chatting with the stranger who's also looking at dresses. It was one of those. And, you know, we had a little back and forth about dresses and size and weight. And she said, oh, but you wouldn't know. You're just an athletic little thing. And I almost fell through the floor. Like nobody had ever described me that way before in my life. <laughs> you know, and she just waved me off and walked away saying, you know, you're just such an, you're an athletic little thing. You wouldn't know. And she walked away and I was stunned, stunned to be described that way because I had that other story in my head and I still, I mean, to me, it was hilarious that she saw me that way because that was not my story about me for sure. When you think the same thoughts that you've always thought, you're going to get the same results that you've always got. So clearly I thought she was hilarious and I was stunned because I was still thinking the same thoughts. I still had the same stories in my head. And that's why the weight just jumped right back on my body. Like immediately there was such a division between the story I had in my head about myself. And suddenly I was in this tight little tiny athletic body. And this was like created stress emotional stress within me because my body didn't go along with the story in my head. And guess what wins out people? Your brain, your brain is in charge of all of this. So you this is why you gain weight back because your brain is in charge. And if you're still thinking the same thoughts you've always thought, you're going to get the same results you've always gotten. It took me almost a lifetime to catch on to this before I started diving into medical studies, 
and diving into life coaching and finding how we fix those thoughts that change everything. And as I started doing that work, everything did begin to change. Okay. Weight was coming off. It was not coming back. It was pretty terrific. But I'm going to come clean here with all of you. I'll come clean. When my husband, Jim, suddenly died, and it was unexpected, he died here at home, massive coronary event. I'm pretty sure he was gone before they even put him in the ambulance. And I was in a state of shock for weeks. Um, literally, the first two weeks after he died, I couldn't remember whether I had brushed my teeth, eaten, or anything. I would hit the middle of the day and think, oh, I probably should brush my teeth. I don't think I did when I got up. Which is crazy, right? Because my morning routine is so ingrained in me, I don't think about it. I jump out of bed, you know, I put the coffee on, I go in the bathroom, I do all those things, I go back get my cup of coffee. I mean, we have our morning routine, so it's almost as if we retrace the same identical steps every morning when we first get out of bed right? That, that just all went out the window. As soon as he dropped here at home and died, suddenly I didn't have a morning routine anymore. I didn't have any routine. I was in a total fog. All I could do was sit in a chair and stare straight ahead basically for two weeks. And I didn't remember to eat. And if somebody said, you know, hey, meet me for lunch. And I would say, okay. And I would go meet them for lunch and then I would eat, and I would eat with good appetite. I would be like, this is delicious. <laughs> I would eat it all gone. I would come home and maybe not eat again for the next day and a half. And I've never done that in my life. I've never been one of those people who could forget to eat. Until recently, I do. But then I did. It took me a couple of weeks to even begin to start remembering, oh, I need to brush my teeth. Oh, I need to eat something. And about six weeks after he died, I realized, oh, I haven't been stepping on the scale. I generally weigh myself every morning, and I just had not remembered to do that, just like trying to remember to brush my teeth. It's like, oh, I haven't weighed myself. So I got on the scale. I was up 20 pounds. I was up 20 pounds just that fast, unbelievably fast, in view of the fact that I am pretty sure... In those first two weeks that I must have dropped weight because I was not eating. I just was not eating those two weeks. So that means in four weeks, that's where my weight went. It was up 20 pounds from the time he died. Unreal. And that should show you too that calories in, calories out. That's not a, a real equation. It's just not. Because there is no way you, that someone eats enough extra calories to gain 20 pounds in four weeks. That's almost an impossibility, like blow up my stomach. Now, after that first six weeks of shock and emotional pain, I've not gained any more or regained. I had lost a lot of weight the year before he died just because I was getting a handle on this. I didn't gain it all back right? That's the miracle. I'm still down 35 pounds, 
but I had been down 55 pounds. The 20 pounds came back on. Those 20 pounds of widow weight have been hanging around for two and a half years. Right? And I've self-coached. And I've coached other people into losing massive amounts of weight. And for some reason, these 20 pounds around my middle are still here. It's a little embarrassing. I'm the weight coach. <laughs> weight coach, why do I still have these 20 pounds? I have self-coached, done thought downloads. And you know what I finally hit on? I've been hanging on to these 20 pounds because I didn't want to let go of Jim. 20 pounds has been hanging on to me as kind of a legacy for him. A legacy. I'm wearing my grief still and I don't want to let it go. I didn't want to let go of Jim. Well, I know full well what Jim would think of this. <laughs> right? He would say, are you suicidal? That you're going to walk around with 20 pounds of grief and not want to let it go? It's time. It's time. It's time for me to be able to release that widow legacy in my midsection, right? And maybe it's time for you too. So because of all your interest and request, I've been receiving for a group class. I hear from you. I have listeners who schedule calls for me because they want one-on-one -on -one coaching, which I have not been doing at all. Um, and my exchange with that one gal that I coached for an hour and emailed me back that what I had been able to share with her in just a one hour conversation, I don't even know if it was a full hour, changed how she felt about the scale entirely. With that level of interest, I decided I'm making a one time only offer for a 12 week class. It's a stop overeating master class. I don't know if I will ever do these master classes again. You will be learning everything about why it's been so hard for you to take weight off, keep weight off, or to find that mojo to get yourself back on the bandwagon. Actually, you're going to learn that there really is no bandwagon. <laughs> Bad news. There's no bandwagon. It's just a matter of choices for sure. Together, we're going to get really curious about your mind and your emotions so you can learn about yourself. As your coach, I can help you end the drive to want to overeat. You're going to get in touch with the feelings that you've been keeping buried by eating, okay? You're going to learn how to allow those urges without responding to them so you can be at peace with food. The techniques I teach can actually transform all areas of your life. So <clears throat> we're going to do 12 weeks Meeting on Zoom online, which is so much fun. I do Zoom classes with the widows that I teach how to coach other widows. And I love using Zoom because we can all see each other. It, I always tell people this looks like the introduction to the old Brady Bunch TV show where they were all in boxes and they could look at each other. <laughs> this is what it's like. We're all in little boxes. So yes, you do need a, a webcam. All laptops have webcams built in. If you've got a tablet like an iPad, 
it's ready to go. It's got a little camera on it. If you have a big desktop computer without a webcam, it's very inexpensive to buy a Logitech and slap it on there, plug it in the USB port, and you're done. And it's easy to join a Zoom meeting. I send you the link and email. You click on it. It opens it up, and you're in. So we are going to, in 12 weeks, we'll address the biology. I'll make it very understandable for you why calories in, calories out is a lie, because it is. There's just no way that eating 100 calories of Oreos is the same in your body as eating 100 calories of broccoli. Two completely different biological reactions in your body. Same calories. Hey, calories in, calories out. 100 calories. That's what screwed me when I was doing Weight Watchers and counting points. Because I used to go back to Weight Watchers and back to Weight Watchers, right? And when you're counting points, you start playing all those games of trying to save up your points and hoard them so you can have snacks in the evening. Because points are points, right? No! <laughs> Just like 100 calories of Oreos is not the same as 100 calories of broccoli, it, the points don't measure out the same either. Because there's two different reactions in your body. We will study that. You will learn exactly what the biology is, the hormonal reactions in your body when you eat certain foods. We will get down to those kind of brass tacks so that you can create a protocol for yourself. But more than that, and most importantly, we are going to quiet down your mind with all of that obsessive stuff around your weight and around food. This is craziness. Remember that the, the whole theory of, of defining insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that's what we've been doing. We're still thinking the same thoughts. So we're still getting the same results every time. You can take the weight off and it comes back on. And each time you become more obsessed with what you're eating, how you're eating, beating yourself up, craziness. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Let's find out what's going on in your thinking that holds you back from having the body you should have. Because once we get into your thinking and you know how to process emotions, you know how to feel an urge without having to respond to it, then you can be at peace with food. And you take, you're just going to feed your body right. You'll lose weight. It'll be easy. It's going to be fun. You know, is that mind-blowing? Say, how can I do this and make it be really fun? We're going to do that. So if you want in, email me right away and let me know. We'll jump on the phone and get into the details. Drop an email to joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. That's J-O-A-N-N, -N, no E on my name, J-O-A-N-N, thelifecoach.com. Joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. And put stop overeating in the subject line. Include your phone number on in that email. So I can email you back and set up a time when we can connect and see if you're a good fit for this.
So come on, we can do this. We can do this. 12 weeks, people. It's going to be amazing. So jump on it. People who are already signing up to get in there, already buying the class from me, are asking if we can do a second 12 weeks, and we haven't even started yet. Um, and I've said, if there's enough interest to get this class going, and there's enough people that want to do a second 12 weeks with it, because you know they want to lose more than they're going to lose in, in the first 12 weeks, absolutely, I will probably roll ahead and do a second 12 weeks for the people who are in that class. So we can extend it to a full six months to stop overeating. Okay. It's so fun to be back on the microphone for this podcast. I thank you everybody who's come and liked my Joanne, the life coach page on Facebook. You can find me there on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from all of you who are ready to make this commitment for 12 weeks with me. It's going to start at the end of July, like the second to the before the last week of July. So get in now. Send me that email. Let's, let's get this rolling. And I'll talk to you all next week.